Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, the grain markets are red in honor of Valentine's Day, I suppose. March corn futures down two at 428 and three quarters. March soybeans down six at 1180 and a quarter. March Chicago wheat down 11 and three quarters at 585 and three quarters. March Kansas City wheat down 10 and a half at 584. March spring wheat down seven and three quarters at 664. USDA's got a big party going on in Virginia uh, this week. They sure do. USDA will release new crop supply and demand projections as part of this week's Ag Outlook Forum. The forum is being held in Virginia on Thursday and Friday. The Grain and Oilseed Outlook report will be released on Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Central Time. The projections will include 2024 U.S. acreage projections, yield projections, and demand projections. This first guest, guest at the 24-25 U.S. balance sheet will likely start with trend corn and soybean yields. A lot of you guys are going to be very upset by this report, which is going to be out early tomorrow morning. And it's not really a report. They're, they're projections. But what they do is they put out a new crop balance sheet. This is what the corn balance sheet looked like last year. So last year, this was like an initial look at some uh, guesses and their guesses at the very best at your new crop balance sheet. And what do they do? They start with trend yields. So you're going to see a corn yield at like 183. You're going to see like a 183 corn yield printed unless USDA changes its methodology and moves the trend line and gets a little bit more conservative. I suppose that's possible, but they're going to start with big yield numbers. And the acreage is something that I think is of interest to the trade. I think most people think the corn's going to come in around 92 beans at 87, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know, but uh, make no mistake about it. The corn numbers, especially, I think are going to look pretty bearish tomorrow. Um, they'll probably make it uh, reasonable, I guess. I don't think they're going to print like a 3 billion bushel carryout, but if it was 2.4, 2.5, that wouldn't be shocking to me. When you look at the, the trend, it almost looks on this chart like they adjusted the trend line lower because this would make it look like the trend is closer to like a 181, but I think it's actually 183. So it, I know people are going to argue, okay, we've never had a yield that high. How is that going to happen? Well, last year we had a drought and we did 177.3 and we did uh, what? 50.6 in beans. The bean yield number tomorrow should be like close to 53. So I know this is, it's, it's not a good look. Is it bearish the market? I don't know. It's not, it's not friendly. It's not helpful. I don't know if the trade is, is going to pay a ton of it. I don't, I don't think they're to trade the yield numbers. I think they'll look at it big picture and say, yeah, you know, it's a negative input, but nobody can predict yield uh, this early, even USDA. As it relates to acreage, um, the government will be the first to admit that they don't get a handle on acreage until June. Even the March report, which is survey-based, has very much been inaccurate. As the ratio stands this morning, it looks like soybeans will pick up a few acres. Although I'll tell you what, we did a budget rundown with Chris Barron earlier this week, and both crops suck in terms of profitability. It's just not there. Um, so do this, does the acreage move as much as what some people are thinking, like corn's going to lose two or three million? I don't know if that's a guarantee. So just be prepared for some uh, bearish looking stuff from USDA tomorrow morning, even though they're just guesses. It's still going to be out there written on government paper and uh, people aren't going to like it. U.S. farm size is increasing, while the number of farms is declining. According to the Census of Agriculture, between 2017 and 2022, the number of U.S. farms fell 7% to 1.9 million. 
Farm acres during that time frame declined by about 20 million. Meanwhile, the average farm size increased from 441 acres to 463 acres. The number of U.S. farms has been gradually declining for years. Between 1997 and 2017, the number of farms declined by 8%. The census also noted a 30% increase in the number of farms operating with solar panels and a 2% increase in farms with wind turbines. Mackenzie, I looked at this chart, which was in the report, and I was actually surprised that it's leveled off as much as it has. Like you look at that dark blue line, which is at about 2 million. It's really since the 60s. I mean, it hasn't changed a ton. Yeah, like the, the I, big I shift agree. was was from the 20s. I mean, I'm this was actually surprising to me. Yeah, I agree. I thought we were losing more faster. You know, I thought it was still going down like it did way back, I guess, in the 20s from the 60s, as you just said. But yeah, it's definitely leveled off. And even the farm size is kind of similar. I mean, yeah, it's up, but it's it's really been more sideways than anything since like the 60s. This is um, actually kind of surprising to me, I guess. Uh, I don't know what the implication is. I thought I thought that that would have been like a, a more, more mm-hmm. um, accelerated downward slope in terms of um, uh, the number of farms. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? I do my very best to simplify and, and make grain marketing very, very transparent. Yesterday we did a new crop, uh, marketing review, corn, soybeans, and wheat. So what I did is I, uh, threw the spreadsheets up on the screen. Here's what I've advised in regard to cash sales broken down by crop, by crop year percentage. Here's what we sold. Here's what's unsold marked to the market. Um, there was nothing with options here. It's just, this is the easiest thing to follow in the entire world. So if you guys are looking for maybe a, a more simplistic take on grain marketing, uh, I make my stuff super transparent, super easy to follow. Do I make mistakes like everybody else? Yeah, absolutely I do, but I tell you about them. Um, if you want to know how I think about marketing, go watch or listen to uh, this episode of a podcast. It's called The Business of Agriculture. This is Damian Mason's show. And the title of the particular episode is It's Time to Simplify Your Grain Marketing. I think this was out about a month ago. I will include a link to this in the uh, YouTube video here this morning. It's like 45 minutes long. It's it's Damian and I discussing grain marketing. And I tell you the the stuff that I believe is, is useful and uh, the things that I think are not necessarily useful and how I like to simplify the process. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, there's a new premium video every single business day. If you want to see that video about uh, new crop marketing, and I also threw in a, a more um, older video about old crop marketing, um, sign up this morning and I'll shoot you over that uh, email from this morning, which has all that stuff included. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel it anytime. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Um, if you send us your cell phone number and you want to be on the text list, We'll never, we will never call you. I promise. Uh, check that deal out this morning. NOPA will will release January crush data on Thursday. Traders estimate that NOPA members crushed 189.9 million bushels of soybeans in January. If realized, crush would be down 2.8% from the record large crush in December, but up 6.1% compared to January of last year. Additionally, the, the January crush would be the largest ever for the month and the second largest crush for any month on record. Soybean oil stocks, as of the end of January, are forecast at 1.4 billion pounds. If realized, stocks would be up 3.6% from the end of December, and it would also be the largest end-of-month stocks since July. The NOPO report will be released on Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time. We saw the weather issues um, 
have a big impact on ethanol production last month. And I would imagine that the soybean crush situation is fairly similar. I mean, we're still looking for a really good number and we need these really good numbers because um, your soybean demand base, as as it relates to soybeans grown in the U.S., it's twofold, basically. It's, it's exports and it's crush. And we're losing export demand because we're way overpriced compared to Brazil. And we need to pick up the slack and crush. And it's unfortunate that we had this weather event that's going to uh, you know, shave a few million bushels off the crush. We we really need to see uh, better crush numbers. On Tuesday, the Senate approved a $95 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. The legislation is expected to face major resistance in the House of Representatives. House Republicans have insisted that the border crisis be resolved before m- more funds are sent to Ukraine. House Speaker Mike Johnson has rejected the bill on the premise that it does not address the border crisis. There is uncertainty about whether the bill will actually make it to the House floor. Europe has been uneasy about the holdup of funds in Washington as they recently approved a $50 billion aid package for Ukraine. Okay, so 95 billion total is what they're looking for. Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. Of that 95, I believe 60 billion is supposed to go to Ukraine. We're gonna talk about this as it relates to government spending and, and through no other lens today. Um, we have a national debt of $34.2 trillion, and this um, has been uh, escalating very, very quickly, especially since the financial crisis in 2008. That's when it really started to uh, accelerate. This is not the best way to view it. Debt to GDP is the better way to view it. Um, but still, we hit 130% debt to GDP ratio uh, recently. It's come back down a little bit. Um, the statistic that we rattled off before, it's like 51 out of 52 countries that that hit 130% have defaulted over the last 200 years. Um, when you look at the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar has lost 96.7% of its purchasing power over the last 100 years. And that's according to government data. That's St. Louis Fed data. So the real number, some of you guys might argue, is that it's like 99%. And guess what's going to happen over the next 100 years? It's going to lose another 96.7% of its buying power, if if not more than that. Uh, this is a good take from Charlie Bellell on Twitter. I thought this was a good way to kind of view this. He said this, the U.S. government continues to spend money like a drunken sailor with a budget deficit of $1.8 trillion. This is occurring when the economy is still in an expansion with the unemployment rate near a 55-year low at 3.7%. What happens to the deficit when a recession hits? And that's a great question. So we're doing all this deficit spending in the good times. What happens in the bad times? Some people might argue that the Fed doesn't let us get into bad times anymore and that like recessions don't happen because they just bail us out every single time. But um, this situation is a complete disaster and our government is extremely irresponsible with our money. Uh, Where are we heading from here? I don't know, but I don't have any nice things to say about it. Inflation increased more than expected in January. According to the January CPI report, inflation rose 0.3% on the month and 3.1% year over year. Economists were looking for a monthly increase of 0.2% and an annual gain of 2.9%. Shelter costs accounted for a large portion of the rise in inflation. Costs climbed 0.6% on a monthly basis and 6% on an annual basis. The stock market tumbled following the report while Treasury yields surged. The Dow Jones fell fell 1.4%, the NASDAQ declined 1.8%, and the S&P 500 lost 1.4%. 
So this uh, kicks the can down the road in terms of rate cut possibilities. Now you're talking like midsummer, probably if it happens at all. Um, I, I think it will happen this year. I'm just, I just don't know when. This was hotter than expected. The stock market hated this because the stock market wants rate cuts, and it's not going to get them for um, a couple months later than it had previously anticipated. So for those of you guys looking for lower interest rates, um, I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures softened. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of $1.07 lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of $0.73 cents lower. Box beef also had a down day choice end of the day at 292.27 that was down a buck 81 and select end of the day at 285.30 that was down a buck 72. Outside markets on Wednesday US dollars bought flat stocks are up attempting a recovery after yesterday's sell off the S&P's up 16 the Dow's up 60 bonds up a little bit crude oil is down 20 cents in the uh March WTI at 77.67 have a great day guys we'll talk to you Thursday.